This is the On Call Podcast. Your home for sports, news, pop culture, tech, and the obscure. And of course, your host, Michael Meyer. Welcome to the big show. This is the On Call Podcast. I am your host for this evening, Michael Meyer, joined by my new, I would call him my co-host, Lowell. Why don't you say hi to everybody, my friend? Hi. (laughs) How are you this evening, my friend? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, you know, technology's a bitch. You know, we (laughs) we constantly experience stuff. The... I feel like I've become a slave to slave to technology at this point. And I don't see that coming to an end anytime soon. Yeah, that's what the Unabomber uh, wrote in his manifesto. That um, technology was making us all cogs in the machine. <laughs> and, and a slave to technology, basically. Is he, uh, is he the one that lived in that, that tiny little hut... In the middle of nowhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had 167 IQ and got into Harvard at 16. But they had, I guess he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. um, And he went through this psychological experiment in college where they just, they didn't really tell him what it was about. But what they did was they like asked him all these questions and figured out what his insecurities were and then just like verbally abused him for like, hours and hours, like 200 hours, not just like once. I guess the question is, why did he go back? I I have no idea. But, and then also a lot of people don't know is that he, I guess, like maybe had gender dysphoria, like he wanted to transition and, and he got like, just, he was about to tell a psychiatrist and then he got freaked out and he just like, in that moment, just like developed all this rage and then, then decided that he would kill somebody. But yeah, he was trying to use killing people and bombing as a way to destabilize society so that we could like throw off technology, I guess. I'm trying to think of when he got started. Was he early nineties or eighties? No, it was, uh, oh, when he started bombing, I can't, I think, I feel like, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's pretty old. I feel like he was born in 1940. So I feel like oh, it was shit. the seventies. Right. I recall the letters. That's right. The letters. I mix him. But he did it over like a 17 year period. Like, so remember that, like that famous photo of him where he's like wearing the hood and the, he's got the aviators and stuff. That's right, the aviators. After that, he didn't bomb anyone for six years. And then he started up again. The dude was mad patient. That's, so. Which is super, that's it, it, way not the norm of most psychotic patients as far as like escalation like he was so, he was so much more patient than the other killer. Is he a serial killer or is he a mask? I always forget. That. Well, he is, I think he is technically a serial killer because he, but he only, he killed three people um, and he injured like 23, I believe. But his, because his bombs weren't, he tried to kill more. He tried to blow up a plane. But the problem was, is that he wasn't very good at building bombs. He didn't have, he didn't want to, he, did, he was smart about like not getting caught. So he would just like go to the library kind of, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't buy anything that would be able to trace him. And he would just kind of build stuff like from stuff he found and stuff like that. So the, the bombs were very primitive, but he got better as he went along. But yeah, if he was more, if he was better at what he did, he would have killed a lot more people. <laughs> His conservation efforts to make sure that he survived really led to a poor body count. 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I know. It, nowadays, it's like, uh, oh, he only killed three people. Like, you know, um, true, true fear sad, at the but, time. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I've never thought about trying to do a mass killing of any sort, but man, there's days where I could, I could do some damage. I think everyone probably feels that <laughs> way. I hope I'm intrinsic, man. If I get bad, I'm like mad at myself. I'm like, God, I'm just gonna punch myself in the face. I'm not gonna like take it out on somebody else, you know? Just punch my thigh. I know it's gonna. I know yeah. it's gonna blow. <laughs> Give yourself a hard titty twister. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Oh, so we have a, a few things to talk about tonight. We, uh, you have quickly become my my IT tech genius with your help from the album art, which thank you for that because if anyone has checked the album art on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even uh, YouTube, you can see that we have a major improvement. That's all thanks to Lowell. Who, did, who showed me a website, which was, oh, I forget, because I bought mine through Fiverr, and that was 10 bucks. Great to get an album art onto Apple Podcasts until you showed me. I was very, very wrong. What's that website? First off, I want to say, don't use Fiverr. Don't use Fiverr. It's bad, okay? Uh, overall, it's very, very bad, and you're going to get crap quality anything. Um, second off, the, well, the website that I used, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more when we talk talking about websites, um, but it's graphicriver.net, and it's part of a suite of websites from this company called Envato, and it's essentially a marketplace where people can buy and sell stuff. So a graphic designer will go on there and create you know, I don't know, however many different logo designs for different types of things. And he'll make them sort of generic and then you can get on there, buy them. I think the logos go for usually around $30 and then open up in Photoshop and Illustrator and customize them. And if you don't know, if you don't know Photoshop and Illustrator, don't own them, you can usually have a friend. And if not, that's where you can hire someone on Fiverr for five bucks, send them the, the Photoshop file and tell them what you want done and they'll, they'll uh, customize it for you. Uh, so only use Fiverr kind of like an in-post situation. Yes. Only for small things. Like don't have them like write, you know, if I had them write an episode of the podcast I'm working on, I would expect it to be terrible quality. You basically, you get what you pay for. Well, you do have me worried because uh, besides the, the album art, they did do the intro, which I don't feel bad about the intro. The ring intro's not too bad. The 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 ringing at the end did go longer than I asked him to, but other than that, he had a good vo good vocals. But I do have I actually have a song being made that I can use for break music or uh, commercial music because uh, it can go. It's three minutes and twenty seconds, and he's it's a light techno vibe music that I asked him to make to play which is similar to a few songs that I sent him. We're, we're going to find out. It's like nine days and counting. I'm going to find out if he's worth anything. But Yeah, ask him if you can get the stems, I believe. I'm not sure if they call them that anymore or what they call them, but essentially like the different instrumentals of each track broken down. Yes, he will so be that way. It's like a 15-part, okay, cool. um, like the master of every individual piece. So I'm hoping for, I'm, that's what he told me. 
I'm hoping yeah, that's yeah, what he no. gives me. No, no, no. You know, if he has, you, you can expect to get, for him to deliver it. Um, and, and I'm assuming, especially on Fiverr, everything's not five bucks. Like sometimes you're paying a lot more than that, you know, just depending on what it is. It was significantly more than that. But, right. And in that case, he may be getting a decent quality product. He did play me a few of his, the stuff that he made for other people, which sounded mm-hmm. phenomenal, which is I, one of the examples that I used was his like example number two that he used for his advertising something along this line along with these other songs something that was not too hard kind of a vibey techno that's not going to blow out your eardrums so I'm hoping yeah that's that's another thing I want to add is um, if you do ever hire someone to do design the more information that you give them the more obviously the more accurate they're going to do with their job so give them something, things that you like and samples and direction. And they'll usually be able to do something pretty good. But when you give someone no direction, oh man, because I worked in video production for a long time. And when I had no direction, it just, it's hard to nail what they want. Yeah. Because your artistic freedom is definitely not what someone even had a vague idea of, or like, I didn't realize I had an idea in my head until I heard what I didn't want. And that's what sucks. Oh, wait. Every time, man. Every time. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is great. This makes me realize that this is what I want. I'm like, God damn, if you told me that in the first place, I could have made that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting me waste 13 hours of my day to make this for you to tell me that what you didn't like. So. That's why you always um, <laughs> make sure you put in the contract that uh, additional past a certain amount, it's hourly. Because oh. when, when your time is free, people think it's worthless. And when, but when they have to pay for extra for something, then they're, they're, they become okay with the product pretty quick. Right on. So a little tech talk with you coming up. Yeah. And then uh, a little bit of meme talk and um, Airbnb stuff I wanted to talk about. And you know what? Do you like pizza? Um, yes. I feel like everyone, there- I feel like everyone likes pizza. And yeah, everyone likes pizza. It's like it's like liking cheese. The only people that, well, everybody likes it, but some people just don't eat it because they don't want to like shit their pants because they're lactose intolerant. Right. Everyone likes it, but not everyone can have it. It's like, well, the real question is pineapple on pizza, for or against it. Well, uh, I want to say I'm totally against it. I've had a couple of good pieces, but I don't even classify that as pizza. I don't. Wait, wait. Just as that's a topping. I don't feel like. Pineapple should be on a pizza as a traditional pizza. Are you a f- well? Maybe not as a traditional pizza, but you're oh, a, I'm a four. I'm four pineapple guy. Yeah, through and through. Oh, uh, so you like a Hawaiian pizza? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this has been the on call podcast, and we're gonna call it into that because <laughs> I do see where people like it. I would just never ever order it. I've been pleasantly I'm surprised, crust, man. That's another thing. I don't do that either. Stuffed crust? I really don't. Just because like the pizza, the cheese that goes in that stuffed crust is usually not good <laughs> cheese. It's like Taco Bell meat quality. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. Like I've had the best cheese like on the planet. So when someone rolls in this weird string cheese garbage, it's not the same as what I, anything I would ever order in my life. No, definitely. Pizza Hut is the only one that does it and they will, will like delivery and they it, they don't deliver to my house. So I've been getting the like DiGiorno stuff crust in the grocery store and man, that stuff tastes like fake, fake cheese. 
And it's the only thing that really like messes my stomach up. So you, so if you do a frozen pizza, that's going to be your choice is DiGiorno just because you like a stuffed crust? Yeah, I'm a big fan of stuffed crust. So, oh man, you, you'll go through your stomach being fucked up just because like, but I wanted stuffed crust today, babe. I'm sorry. I made my own stuffed crust recently too. I uh, You get the dough from like Publix or whatever your grocery store is. And then you just get like mozzarella sticks. Uh, and then you like roll them, roll the dough, outer dough over it and like seal it a little bit. And you can make your own stuffed crust. I do love that you, because you're from Atlanta. So you get the, you're used to Publix. And What do you guys got? Oh, we have Publix. Oh, okay. But up north, we did not have Publix. You have a butcher and you have Walmart. Like in the true Midwest, we don't have a regional grocer like Publix. There's no top quality meat unless you go to a butcher. And well, pro- butchers are, I'd rather go to a butcher, man. Publix, I mean, you know, it's like you get in the same thing every time pretty much. They don't have, uh, and they don't have the higher quality cuts like Prime. They only have choice. Well, have you had much... Like Walmart meat? Dude, actually, the Walmart near my house actually has a pretty decent meat selection. I'm not going to lie. Is that a neighborhood Walmart, though? It's like a super Walmart. Man, maybe it's just me then. I've had bad luck at all of our Walmarts as far as like super fatty ribeyes. The chicken's not bad, and I'm not going to shit on the chicken. Our chicken's well, the, the ribs that they get, like the pork, it's like Smithfield, uh, which is, um, they have some pretty decent ribs over there. Damn it. Maybe I'm just getting I'd rather go to like a butcher though. There's just not one really close to my house. And they're really expensive usually. But Costco, man, I used to live near a Costco and they have some some good meat at Costco. That's what everyone says. I am I'm over an hour, what like close to two hours from a decent Costco. It's not worth it. Sam's, we don't have the Sam's is not great unless you buy frozen bag meats, but I do love public steak. I want like a slab of pork belly and uh, Cos- or Sam's has it, but Costco doesn't. Pork belly? What do, what, what yeah, do, pork belly. So what do you cook with pork belly? Okay, so um, one thing you can do is if you ever make uh, tonkatsu ramen, you know, like a uh, pork ramen. So the chashu is like a braised pork belly that they use as one of the toppings. And, you know, you really <laughs> want to get it as like a whole uh, pork belly slab and then you roll it up. And, and tie it, yeah, and then braise it and get it all nice and crispy, and then you sear it at the end and slices. Oh, man. I, I've made ramen a couple of times, and not quite as good as the, some of the places I've eaten it at, but it's just, and it takes, like, forever, you know, to do the, um to make the broth. Real ramen takes fucking forever, which... I heard is, you can do it faster in an Instant Pot, though, uh, the bone broth. Well, don't get me... I would love to get an Instant Pot, and if I knew that I could make a good ramen using it, I probably would have had one sooner. <clears throat> I'm a big sous vide fan. That's where I really get down. You got a sous vide? Sous oh, vide? That's the only way I cook my steaks. Sous vide for usually like two hours and then sear it on a cast iron with some uh, some thyme. Bro. Oh, yeah. You have yeah, the thyme and the, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thyme the butter, butter. And then you like spoon it over the steak. Yeah. See, man, you got your steak thing down. That's the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I've been um, doing the reverse here too, but I, I smoke mine because I don't have a sous vide. I, w- I don't have a smoker. I would be all for well, it. You can get one for really cheap, man. They got the Weber uh, Performers. I think like 150 bucks is the one that I have. And I also got like a pellet grill, but my parents 
bought it for me for my birthday. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have spent the money. Ooh. I don't know. But the, the best results come from the charcoal, man. Oh, I can I can believe that. And then, uh, man, it really sidetracked. So I was going to ask mainly about um, for, for pizza. My favorite pizza cannot even really be had in Florida. My favorite pizza is from where I'm from, which is in Beloit, Wisconsin. That's Tilly's Ballyhoo. And every, they, they ship down here. You could, they send it in dry ice. It's, it's six medium pizzas for a hundred bucks, which sounds expensive until you realize it's 15 bucks for a medium pizza anyway. So we just do that rather than even ordering out. Um, Wait, what the fuck is that place called? Tilly's Ballyhoo. It's been around since. Tilly's Ballyhoo. Yeah. It's been around since 1965. They are phenomenal. They even survived a the building burned down, and they've survived great through the pandemic. Everything's still shipping. A1, I fucking love it so much. And every person that I've introduced to it down here has been like, oh, shit, there's nothing tastes like Tilly's. You're right. And that's crazy. <laughs> they ship it long. They'll, they'll ship you frozen. Like, that's, that's they're, they're uh, innovating, man. They're shipping their stuff long distance. That's smart. Oh, if you order it, you get it in three days. And Wait, I'm looking at Tilly's Pizza House. That's not it, right? Uh, no, Tilly, uh, Tilly's Ballyhoo, Beloit, Wisconsin. Tilly's Ballyhoo. They might have changed it to the Pizza House when they changed buildings. Well, this can't be correct because this they have the worst logo. I, Is it just a little and, Italian guy with a little pizza, piece of pizza dough? Yeah, yep, yeah. That's the one. That's been the same logo. <laughs> it's been the same logo since my uncle worked there in the 70s. Wow. So it Who's may be a shitty website? logo, but I think it's a hand-drawn. The guy, the owner, his name is Singh. It's a family-owned restaurant. It has been the same family forever. It is, there's nothing like it. I oh my God. I'm looking at the company that's website that did their website and the company's website is worse than their website. Like the image isn't even loading. Well, there you God. Go. See, so they upgraded to even make Tilly's website logo. Oh my God. I'm going to have to hit these people up and be like, listen, you need to hire me to fix your stuff. I'm you, not any kind of graphic <laughs> designer, but if something looks that bad, I'm like, gosh, for surely I can do better than that. I totally understand that. It's just, it's always been the logo. It was on a car. It was on like this old piece of, it, was, it wasn't even full grain plywood. It was just like pressed sawdust stapled to the brick. But it wasn't about design. Yeah, they do ship. They do ship. Six for a hundred bucks. I've done it three oh, times. Oh, I think they're running, they're running WordPress, man. I'm pretty sure. This looks like a WooCommerce uh, e-commerce system. They just started shipping last December for the holiday season. I'll tell you if it's WordPress right now. I truly love uh, it. Yep, it's WordPress. If, if you know, I I would. I'll, I'll just you know, I'll order and send them to you. Like what? there's no, 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 there I'll, is I'll, no, no pizza I'll, like Tilly's. Do you like thin crust pizza? Yeah, I like all types of pizza. So when I say thin crust, I really mean thin crust. Like there is there is like no crispy. pizza thinner. It is the entire like length, even with the the meat and cheese and everything. Honest to God, you're 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 looking at a centimeter. Could you cut it with a credit card? Like you, oh, easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is no depth to this. You you'll What's eat a medium a, on your so, own. 
Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm totally down. I mean, the pictures look good. Oh, I love it so much. I have three. But they in, had a uh, sixteen-year-old. They had a guy on Fiverr do their website, though. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had uh, Pasquale's? No. What's that? That sounds. Is it a? Well, uh, I was gonna say Italian, but that doesn't sound very Italian. But it ends in a vowel. Well, it's Chuck E. Cheese. What's Chuck E. Cheese? Pasquale. Oh wait, that's they changed. That's what their you wrote name. on your board. Uh, wait, <laughs> they, wait, why? So, Did uh, something bad happen? No, because the pandemic closed and there's no more like kid affiliation. And in order to thrive on their local pages, they changed it from Chuck E. Cheese to Pasquale's. So they would do like Uber Eats and like um, deliver Uber uh, Uber Eats driver and all that other shit that way they could register with adult companies to have their pizza delivered homes because there's something with the kid affiliation that it wouldn't deliver it was super weird so they changed all their stuff like oh, oh my they favorite pizza is Chuck E. Uh, Cheese nice. yeah they completely oh, rebranded for the pandemic it's an Italian guy that's making hey. it yeah and uh yeah. <laughs> it, Apparently it works because it's like, it was blowing up. Everyone was talking about how good Pasquale's was. And it's just, it's literally just fucking Chuck E. Cheese without the play place and the mouse. That's pretty smart. I got to give it That's up. That's called a pivot. 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 <laughs> uh, let's talk for about WordPress for a minute. Please do. Explain to me. Cause I, <clears throat> as you saw, I had a website. Well, I have one. You have, you have one. I did no work on it. I had it built by a hoster because I completely fucked up their their C login, whatever it was. And they decided, oh, you used a regular website. You don't need a regular website. Would you like it as a WordPress? And I was like, yeah, is that going to be easier to do? I'm like, okay, here you go. Here's a theme. We'll completely set it up for you. What else do you want? And I was like, well, I guess the colors I already picked. Oh, do you want a player on it so they can play your podcast? I would like that. And then they wanted an RSS feed, which I'd already used through Pinecast at the time, and now it's through Podbean. So help out the <coughs> newbie. What the fuck is a WordPress? What, what, what can you do? I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, you've explained to All me right. a little bit as a layman minus a little bit. I got it. Okay, so WordPress, first off, it powers like 35% of the internet, like 35% of the sites you go to on the internet powered by WordPress. Um, and what WordPress is, is an op it's an open source content management system or CMS. So all a content management system is, is it means it, uh, it handles your data. But what it gives you is a GUI, a graphical user interface. Think of it like an operating system for a website. So it makes it very easy to use, like Windows. You know, like before Windows, you had DOS, which was like a command thing. That's like writing code. But WordPress is like, you can know, you see a menu and you can click add page and you can um, add an image and you don't have to write any code. <clears throat> so what it does is it, what all a website is, is just a way for accessing data. It stores it and it uh, retrieves it in tables or a database. So WordPress is just a, a way to access your database, but it makes it very, very easy to use. So 
the thing about it being open source means that any developer can go in and build their own plugin to interact with WordPress. So what it does is it means that any any developer can extend WordPress any way that they want. So you can go in and you can download those plugins for free or pay for them and you can have different functionality like let's say you want to start a membership site so and post tutorials that people can have to be a member uh, to watch the tutorials. Well, there's a plugin for that. Or you want to start an e-commerce site and sell you know, your Etsy products or whatever. Well, there's a plugin for that. Um, and it makes it very, very easy to set up and use. <clears throat> there's even a free, uh, it even has a social, mil- social media plugin called BuddyPress that you can use to create your own social media site. Uh, multi-vendor marketplace like Etsy or Amazon, there's plugins for that. Um, forum, directory, really any type of site that you can imagine. The only time I wouldn't really suggest using it is if you're trying to build like a something that really you want to grow really, really big. Because, I mean, it is it is scalable. There are some big sites that use it. Uh, Microsoft uses it for their blog. Whitehouse.gov uses it. Um, there's some other big ones that use it. Oh, shit. <clears throat> It's perfect. It's 100% free. So essentially what you do is you pay for hosting. That's just, um, you can buy hosting from almost anywhere, but I would recommend SiteGround. Um, And all hosting is, is just a computer somewhere else. So whenever someone comes to your website and they type in your domain name, they're downloading your website to their computer from your hosting provider. So like they're truly using like your bandwidth as far as upload, download speeds, because like my house so if i didn't have a host it would literally be taking from my my internet is that what it would truly do if you hosted it from your own house but you would never do that um yeah yeah you basically have to have a hosting provider that makes sense unless you had like a server bandwidth all that stuff so yeah you're using their computer basically a uh, servers and um so it's completely free and one thing i want to say is that there's a difference that a lot of people don't realize when they get on WordPress. They search WordPress, they sign up. There's a difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org. It's essentially the same product. However, WordPress.com is like their paid one where you're like hiring them to like host it and and you're paying a bunch of money. WordPress.org is completely free. So when you get your hosting provider, all of them have an option to install um, WordPress.org, the free one. So you go to your hosting, you buy hosting, you get your domain. I'd recommend using Google domain um, instead of like GoDaddy because GoDaddy sucks. I've heard that actually. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I bought mine and So today. you can usually... Yeah, I bought mine yeah, through yeah, Google I, I, I bought a bunch too. Yeah. But you can, you can buy it wherever. A lot of times your hosting provider will give you the option to buy it from them. But if not, it's just a symbol. Like you go to wherever you bought the domain and you type in the, they're called name servers and you point them at your hosting provider. It's just changing like a line of text. Um, but then you install WordPress and then you can install different themes or plugins or whatever you want to edit it. And when you like edit the page or the any pages you want to add, it's just very, very easy. Uh, what we call a WYSIWYG editor. What you see is what you get. Uh, so no code. It's just like, you know, creating a Microsoft Word document or something. Um, but the cons are WordPress often gets hacked. Uh, like a lot, lots of sites get hacked. Somebody will hack tons of WordPress sites. So what you need, what's important to know is that you should always have a, like install, there's free backup plugins. Install one of those, back your site up. So if it does get hacked, you can easily restore it. 
that's good. That's also, good don't to know. use like too many plugins, and don't go and buy like uh, there's certain themes that are like really popular that are very very bloated. So like you, you had a very simple theme, so your site was running fast, and I liked that. So you want to like you know don't use a ton of plugins, don't have some crazy bloated theme, so your site runs fast basically. So I recommend Astra or Generate Press or WP Ocean. That's good to know. Okay. Keep so, it simple, but, stupid. Oh, man. Yeah, but so I, I would go uh, Theme Forest. Those aren't on Theme Forest. Those themes are three, but th- free, but Theme Forest does have a lot of themes, and I would get really excited. I used to buy so many themes on there. Um, but yeah, it's a cool... It's a, it's a Theme Forest is a... That's the Envato marketplace where you can buy graphics and logos and... All sorts of that stuff. But yeah, that's basically it. All right. So keep it simple, especially for WordPress, to make it run efficiently. I mean, if you if you put it with a bunch of fucking bloatware, I guess it's going to make an issue as far as if you're going to listen to a podcast through it, it's probably going to hinder that audio through it. It just takes a long time to load the page. So like if your images aren't... Um, optimized, they're not compressed to the right size properly, or if you have like a whole bunch of scripts running that you don't need, it just takes a very long time to load each page, basically. But yeah, your your uh, podcast, it's not hosted on your hosting server, it's hosted through your Podbean, your publishing platform. So they're just putting an embedded link on it that plays it through Podbean from, um, and you're accessing it like on the front end from your WordPress site. All right. I guess that's why I'm, I'm wondering because like I follow all these things on Twitter and shit and I'm, I have a bunch of people that are posting about complications with hosts that have gotten too big, which now when you get to a certain point, I'm guessing those hosts become the issue rather than your WordPress site. Because if you get, if you're hosting it and you've hosted through them a long time, that's when it becomes an issue because customer service goes to shit. What are you talking about? The company gets too big? Yeah, which... Like uh, what uh, places? The biggest complaint that I've heard recently was through Bluehost. Oh, yeah. Bluehost, I've, I've had them before. Which I've heard they've only... I've heard their issues have been because they've gotten so big, they spend so much advertising dollars to be the primary on other sites. For So, like, because they pay so much in ad revenue, they have skimped on other aspects of their, the job that got them where they are. I've never heard anything bad about Bluehost, but to be honest, <clears throat> customer service is where you get ahead in the hosting industry. Yeah. So, um because a lot of them just a lot of them don't own their servers. They what they do is they just rent the servers from somewhere else, like Amazon, and then they just offer you the basically management, the website, like the interface, and the customer service. So, so really, the only thing that brought them to the game is the thing they need to focus on, rather than the other things. Because like, think of how many podcasts have grown so big so fast. Obviously, we don't have the money, so like. If we start with them and then they start skimping on the th- reasons that we went there, it would become probably a real issue. Yeah, people just wouldn't go there anymore. Uh, that's the free market, right? <laughs> that's right. But if they spend a lot of money in advertising, people are going to probably go there anyway. And then get let um, down. <laughs> yeah. The retention rate yeah. would just end up being shit, I guess. You'd get, you'd get people and then you'd lose people just as quick as they come in. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or and you, you have people like me who are like power users essentially that, and they would, um, don't, they wouldn't recommend it. They start recommending something else. And yeah, you know, I don't see people really recommend Bluehost that much anymore. I see for WordPress, I see a lot of people recommend SiteGround. And but the company that you used, it's really cheap. It's like three dollars a month or something. That's, that's like, right. That's really cheap. A hundred bucks try annually, and I couldn't beat it. It was a hundred eight dollars, and I paid for three years of hosting, and I just. I can't complain because on a Saturday afternoon, yeah, no, I paid it and I've every ticket that I've queried to them, they've gotten back into me you know, within an hour or two. Yeah, and they set your site up. Did you pay for that? Nope. That's insane because they installed like a caching plugin. They installed a PowerPress, which is a podcast plugin that imports the RSS feed yep. and a theme. Yep, all that. And they put like your logo on, and not, not your logo, but they put like the name of your um, podcast on the top left, which I'm going to change, by the way. That's fine. Hey, they did, they, uh, but they literally they, did absolutely everything because I used their yeah. cPanel as a complete lack of understanding. And then I explained to them everything I didn't know. And they go, okay. And then I went through like six emails with them in about half an hour and they fixed and corrected everything and made it, they switched it from a cPanel and everything to <laughs> give like a, a full Give them a plug, man. Give them a plug. Cetrahost. S-E-T-R-A-H-O-S-T.com was phenomenal. Yeah. Every no, I'm, I'm actually impressed because your site speed was good, actually. I ran, the first thing I did was run it through G, GT metrics and test the speed of it. And it floated fast. Yeah, I got, I got... N- nothing but great things to say and like i follow them on twitter so like every time that they post on someone else's thing and then because everyone's asking oh what's a good site host they'll comment on a thing and then i'll comment beneath theirs like listen here's everything they've done for me there's a reason that they're working i hope they wow man so they so you're you're paying them back then they they that whatever they did for you that probably takes them about 30 minutes paid off (laughs) It's the it's literally the least I could do because my site was absolute garbage. When I picked my settings, it ended up with like a seven page thing of garbage and like five of them, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was probably just like hogging their storage stuff, and that's on me. Yeah, and so typically those sites like like the three dollar plan. Let's say your site starts getting like if it stays five thousand. 5,000 visitors a month or something, then they like they say unlimited, but it's really not. They throttle you. So once you, if you actually get your website to the point where it starts getting a lot of visitors, not you, just I'm talking about anyone, um, then you do have to upgrade to a more expensive hosting plan. That's fair. That, that, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not expecting a power user, especially right out the gate. Yeah, definitely not. No. But uh, WordPress is awesome because you, there's really no limitations of what you can do with it without having any coding knowledge, um, which is very exciting. So sometimes I get bored and I just go on Theme Forest and look at all the different themes that they have. I've thought about switching themes because they did put the, like, the number one popular theme, but it's like, oh shit, it works. And they picked the colors and everything I wanted. Oh yeah, that's a free theme too. It doesn't do much at all, but that's actually kind of a good thing because it's fast. But uh, oh yeah, another thing I would do is uh, they have a, like I said, that Envato with the theme site, it's got, it's like a suite of sites. So another one, they have, they have like stock music and then they have stock video. They have like a site that's like after effects templates. So if I was doing like a logo or like a graphics 
explainer video or something, I would just go on there and like buy a template, just pop it into After Effects and edit it. And then I'd have like this badass like logo opener for a client. And I just like paid 20 bucks for it. And it didn't take me like three days to build it or whatever. Ooh, that's good to know too. Right yeah, to pay for if you want an intro for one of your videos, get on there, pick one out, and I'll uh, customize it for you. I might have to do that. Then I'll just record it through OBS, which is another awesome fucking free software out there for people who are trying to yeah, stream. Yeah, OBS, yeah. So that's another, yeah, that's an open source one too. So the cool thing about open source is like anyone can mod anyone can modify it. So you get all these like community of people who are just developing on it. it when it's proprietary or it's closed off, only you can develop it because you're trying to sell all the stuff. But I really like the open source system. So you can have a community of people just go at it. And those people are the ones that build the cool stuff anyway. I don't get, like even back in the day, like uh, PVP, like Kazaa, Aries and all that other stuff. I don't know. They made something that was absolutely awesome. How do, how, how do you make money on something like that? Like music sharing, uh, OBS, it's all free. Like how can <coughs> I get something completely free and it didn't even create a bunch of, well, Aries back in the day did create a bunch I of can tell viruses. You how. Go ahead. Yeah, lay it on me. Well, number one, those now like uTorrent and stuff, they serve up ads inside the software. Okay. Also, what they do is when you download uTorrent, um, which is like the biggest one now, or BitTorrent, um, they like try and get you like to accidentally sign up for like some other software to be installed on your computer. It's really sketchy. You have to make sure when you install any of those programs that you're not selecting to install anything, and they make it kind of confusing. Well, um, that happened but, to me. Yeah. And then you, I, get a, you get a little uh, a little thing on your browser I and got, uh, I got you go to your scanned. grandma's house and there's like 40 of them. <laughs> yeah. So when I went to download, what was it? Before I downloaded OBS, I was trying to download something on my old ass computer and, oh, well, this is $33. All right. Let me sign up for that. And then I immediately got tagged for like two other $35 charges. So I ended up having to file a report with discover. So they, I so their, their way they make money is ransomware through other shit. <laughs> well, certain ones like you like OBS, I haven't looked into exactly how they make money, but it's probably either, it could be a donation based thing, which few companies do, but you know, uh, that's the best type of software you're going to get, or they could have a premium version or something like where they offer like Extend extensions or modules um, that cost money. Like some WordPress plugin developers, they'll offer like the most basic version of their plugin for free, but then they'll offer a premium version, which has like all the features. So that you know, they get you to try it out a little bit. If you need something more advanced, then you have to pay for it. Um, and WordPress, I know how WordPress makes money is that they have the .com, like you know, where you could just like it's very much easier to use. You don't have to worry about getting a hosting provider or domain or anything like that. And that costs like a monthly fee, and that's how WordPress makes money. That that makes sense. I think I might have just clicked a bad ad that just tricked me because I know when I did it, I was pretty pretty faded, which is clearly on me. So <laughs> when I contacted Discover, like, hey. I don't know what happened here. So like, well, did, was your card stolen? Well, I have my card in my hand, but I don't know these extra charges. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why you buy everything on a credit card always, because the um, it's way easier to get your money uh, back. I'm a big fan of Discover. 
So yeah, I've discovered. I've discovered too. Yeah. This, oh, and Qu- yeah, then uh, Quicksilver card with um, Capital One. Those are the two. I just had that discussion yesterday. Discover it and Capital One Quicksilver are probably the two most consumer-friendly credit cards. Um. Anyway, another thing which we have <clears throat> discovered was an issue is sharing audio through podcasting. You sending me a wave file and then editing it in post turned out to be way easier because through this Zoom call, garbage audio from you to me. Well, yeah, because I'm record I'm communicating with you with my AirPods. Right. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I'm recording into like a Sennheiser microphone on my end. So the and, quality difference. Right. So when you sent it to me, you send me the waveform. So as far as like podcast mixing, what are other tips and tricks because there's another a guy just contacted me yesterday on reddit who wants to make a a football podcast and i was like well i'm open to it but it depends on what kind of situation that you're in as far as sharing audio and stuff and turned out he didn't even have a microphone yeah i was like hey man like i can't i can't you can't send me garbage because i don't want it to sound bad and if anyone who's listened to the first five episodes of this, it sounded like absolute fucking garbage. It's like your equipment matters. <clears throat> so what are a couple of basics that you would promote to not sound like I did not three episodes ago? Yeah, well, now you got a decent setup, man. You got the Roadcaster Pro, which is a nice piece of equipment, 400 bucks, right? 600 Oh, right. <laughs> nice. And you got the Roadcaster pod mic? Yeah, so that, that's a good setup. Yeah, I have the Podcaster Pro. This is 200 Okay. But, okay. But the, a big reason I went with this one is because apparently a lot of people are going with the pod mic, which has been on back order for going on five weeks. It's sold yeah, on Amazon. Yeah, a lot of people starting podcasts now, right? It's a good, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great mic for what it costs because everyone talks about the Shure SMB, B7, I think, or SM7B. SM7B. Which is, that's the granddaddy. That's the Joe Rogan mic. I get it. It's a good it's a good mic, but the problem with that mic is it also requires a cloud lifter which is like to another, boost the gain. Yeah, how much? Which is also like a hundred and something dollars, yeah. Fucking A. Like so it's like a four something hundred dollar mic with a cloud lifter. So you're looking at like 500 something dollars just for the mic. And honestly, it sounds good, but you can get quality pretty much just as good with... Um, mics that are cheaper than half of the cost of that that's where i'm at that's i think that's a big reason probably why the pod mic is blowing up so big it's got a good a good a good area of uh like you don't have to be up on it you don't have to yeah yeah you're uh you're you're moving around and you're not really all up on the mic so that's pretty good you're supposed to be four finger width away like this when you hold up four fingers i'm like five that's where you're supposed to be but I do know this one, if I go any way to the side, that's where my drop-off is. So I can pull yeah. away and have good audio, and I can get up on and have good audio. But man, the, the side, shit. Yeah. The diaphragm. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a good thing, because then it's not picking up a bunch of noise from all over the other side of the room. It's called, it's the, um, what's it called? The cardioid pattern, the, the polar, yeah. polar pattern, I think. Yeah, right. The, yeah, the, the, there's two different patterns it talks about as far as width and length. Carotid and yeah, there's two of them. Yeah, this one is all direct. Cardi- cardioid, it's got to be. It's something like that. Carotid right? is the... Yes, that's <laughs> the, right. I'm a nurse. Artery, yeah. I know this, this pattern. 
but, but yeah, as long as I know if I don't speak to the side, I'm okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay, yeah. So first off, you can get all like good enough quality for a microphone for like $100, maybe even less. So it's great to have like the audio interface and the mic and everything, but you can, there's USB mics that really do a good quality, a uh, good job. And, and to the point where you may not sound as good as like the really professional ones, but it's not going to be where like anybody's like, oh, this is bad. They're gonna just going to think, oh, this sounds like good. This sounds good. So the Audio-Technica makes, a, I think it's called the 2005 or 2020 USB. 2020 um, USB I, XLR. It's adaptable is the one that well, I've the, heard. Okay, so they have a, well, so I'm just thinking of the USB one, so the person doesn't have to have an audio interface. But even so, you can get audio interfaces for pretty cheap too, you know, like a, less than $200. Um, and it just interfaces with your computer. I have a PreSonos um, AudioBox 96. It's nothing special. It takes in two mics. And I wanted like a Rodecaster or an, um, a Zoom L LP8 or whatever, but I realized I'm never going to have more than pretty much one mic at home. So it's really just not necessary for me. Oh yeah. That's but yeah, I would, if you're going to start a podcast, just get yourself one of them, one of the USB mics, uh, like a, a good one though. Don't get like a Ye blue Yeti. I'm just not a big fan of those. Get like an audio technica, get the Samsung Q2U. And that's really all you need to start a podcast. Um, yeah. at least to, for, to sound okay. Recording. Right. Uh, wise, but I, w I would like to talk for a second about, um, mixing like after you record. Oh yeah, get hit up with the post because that's a lot of work that people I don't think realize when they start a podcast is how much you're gonna edit your shit more a lot more than even recording and for the most part probably even looking up info because it's easy to find topics to talk about even during the pandemic. There's fucking news, but editing. In post is so probably people talk crap about like just starting a podcast where it's just people like chatting, but I'm okay with it. My problem issue is when the sound quality is really, really bad because anyone, when they first turn on your podcast, they're not going to keep listening if the sound quality is bad. Cause you're just like, Oh, this person didn't care enough to make it sound decent, you know? So you get this decent sound quality. Um, and then you want to, obviously I, I, what I would do is when you're first starting out, make it so that you don't have to do a bunch of editing. So don't pause a lot. Don't fuck up a lot. Try to not say, um, a thousand times, whatever. Um, just so that you don't really have a lot of editing on the back end. Mute button is also, your friend. Was there, the, was mute, that? the mute button. That's one of the best things about this fucking roadcaster. <laughs> yeah. I literally, if I'm taking a drink or anything and I had a slurp or anything, mute button quick. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that roadcaster is nice. It has a lot of features. Uh, don't put, don't try and get too many people. Don't have like four buddies in a podcast. One's recording on his phone. One's doing this one. Who's that one person, two people. If you want to, and if you're going to record remotely, you both either record locally or you use an app like Squadcast or Zencaster, uh, which yeah, records both of you over your internet connection. Just keep in mind, it's only as good as your internet connection. So if one of your internet connections is bad, it's going to drop out. That's a big deal for a lot of people over here where I'm at in the middle of nowhere. My, <laughs> my stream is, I got like six megs download and 1.2 right now is upload. Dude, I'm sorry, dude. That sucks, man. The play, I, When I lived in Smyrna, I had like a max like five megs upload. Now I'm in Decatur and I can get like, you know, 50 up and it's, it's amazing. Smyrna, not new Smyrna, right? Uh, Smyrna, uh. 
Newsomer is Newsomer. in Florida by Daytona. It's what? By Daytona, Florida. There's New Smyrna oh, Beach. No. no, this is in uh, near Atlanta, and then there's okay. the Smyrna, Tennessee, too. Okay, I was yeah, gonna say, no. yeah, New Smyrna is the hood in Florida. Oh, <laughs> no, this one's a fancy Smyrna near Atlanta. <laughs> oh, that's why it's New Smyrna. Okay, I got you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. So Zen, um, Zencaster so is what record- I did here. Was probably I did hear a lot of people saying that they didn't want to pay for it, but it was the the best. But that's only the what was minimal. It? The Zencaster for paying for oh. the good because you only get like two hours of free Zencaster. And then after that, it's pay. Platform. Well, what do people want stuff for free? I mean, like people who make that product have to get paid, make exactly. money too. I do have a free one though. Um, you can use eCaster, e c a s t r uh, dot com, I believe, and that's from the guy who created the um, Craig bot on Discord, which is like the way that you would record two separate audio streams on Discord. It's free right now while it's in beta, and it and the good cool thing about it is it gives you like lossless wave files. But um, if you don't really even need something like that. If you use Zoom or Skype to communicate and you both record locally, uh, so then you're good. And But the, then I guess the question is, what do you edit with? So GarageBand's free on the Mac. Audacity's free on the PC. Um, and then Reaper is a tool that a lot of people recommend. It's free. They recommend that you pay for the license after 10 days, 60 bucks, but you don't technically have to. But if you're a tech person, you, you know you can figure that out, get on there, and you can get a really, really high-quality product. But if you're not a tech person, then I think probably GarageBand or um, Audacity, right, is probably the better tool, hence, easier tool. <laughs> hence why I'm using GarageBand. Right. <laughs> it does. Now, GarageBand I did find until I met um, Ryan Freeman, who is a guy, I met him through Reddit, and he talked about... Oh, he he was listing, um, he won a Webby last year for his audio quality. And I was like, oh shit, I'm on Reddit today. And if you bought his thing, he would send you all the presets that he used for um, direct. And then he would send you all of his masters at how to improve the the post for the master to increase volume without distortion. And then- Impossible. I mean, it works, it works for me as far as increasing- the volume to make it uh, warmer, which was my issue with my old board. It, it right. sounded a little tinnier. So using him- It's just, it, a, it's just EQ. Yeah, But boy. also everyone's voice and mic usually is different. So your EQ is going to, which is like just adjusting the levels of what frequency you're at, like the high ends or the low ends or the mid range. So it's just going to be a little bit different for each person. Yeah. So the biggest thing that he helped me with is like, Nobody sounds the same on recording as you sound to your own ear. So he gives you like a low sound, a mid sound, high sound. And then he also has settings for if you're taking a phone call, which this, this, um, the roadcaster does. If I take a Bluetooth phone call, it gave me a preset so I can change their audio to make it sound a little less distorted through a Bluetooth connection. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually, because, yeah, I mean, it's the Bluetooth is cool, but um, you can do that through an audio interface, too, like a cheap one, just by plugging in the um, XLR to, um, you know, audio, one-eighth inch audio cable. I have so many cords for my old board and my old show. <laughs> They're in a bag. What board did you have? I had a 
Allen and Heath is at 14, which is nothing you would ever need to host a podcast, but it worked great for having a an internet radio show because I had four people in studio. I had a separate one for consistent call-in guests, and then I controlled the output from all of those people into the software to go live. So everything we heard was completely different from what I would send out. So having oh yeah, because you can put like noise gates on it and stuff like in that right. process of meet like NPR does right. Yeah, that's cool. So having fourteen connections between ins outs. Yeah, that's kind crazy. Of, that's a lot. It was not ideal when I came home because it was in my garage for a long time. So no matter what I did pre and post, it didn't matter because it was sitting in the humidified garage for five years. I it needs to be taken apart and fixed. I was gonna say yeah, I should sell it or something. I have it. I have it listed locally on Facebook at a great discount because it was six hundred bucks, and it's not really gone down in price. And if someone what's it wants, called again? How do you uh, how how do I Google it? Allen and Heath, like A L L A N A L L E N and Heath Z fourteen. I think it's still five fifty on Google. Okay, found it. Let's see what the price is. Dang, that's a crazy ass mixer. All right, I'm looking at Sweetwater. Yeah. Uh, 440 on Sweetwater. Oh my God. It has one, two, three, four, five, six US, uh, XLR inputs. Yep. Oh man, that's a that's a hell of a mixer. Um, right yep. there. It was really meant for uh, live studio production. Yeah, it looks like it. In bands. What do you have it on? Uh, what are you selling it for? If someone gives me $100 for it, they can walk out with it. <laughs> Does it work? Oh, yeah, it, work, it works great. It actually, live, it sounds fabulous. It's just something to do with the main out into my computer. Oh, cool. If, yeah, <laughs> speaking of, I want to go into um, just basics of mixing for a second. Yeah, yeah, head it up. All right, so you're mixing your podcast. Number one most important thing is loudness so that you have a universal, like one person's not really, really loud or you're not really, really loud or really, really quiet. So you want to... Ha- be have the ability to monitor your loudness. Um, you can do you can ear earball it or whatever you call it, but um, there is measurements that you like tools that you can install in most of your for free and like Audacity and probably GarageBand too. But anyway, you want to mix to negative uh, sixteen luffs on stereo. Luff stands for loudness units. Negative uh, nineteen luffs on mono. Make sure that you're the correct loudness. Uh, it's really important. <clears throat> That's just overall. Then for just mixing, there's just like three basic basic things that you're going to do. Number one, your noise gate. And what a noise gate does, it just says at this level, anything below it gets reduced. Right. We call it attenuated, which just means made quieter. They just drop the volume on it. We don't cut it completely, but we do. it does reduce it. That's the noise gate. Just so that... When you're talking, if there's like, yeah, there's a burp in the background, your computer running, whatever, it doesn't get picked up so loud. That's the first thing you run. Then you run an equalizer, and that just tells it um, what you want to do is cut it off on your low ends. Um, And then, you know, you can just play around with it to, depending on the frequency levels of your voice. Anyway, EQ. Then the third one is compression. And what compression does is you just set it like 
I might be talking quiet sometimes, and then I might talk really loud sometimes. I'm not going to do it to hurt you guys' ears, but anyway, you set a threshold, and it says anything above this, push it down a little bit. It compresses it down so that you're not blowing people's ears out when you're talking really loud. And then those three things, noise gate, EQ, and compression, most important. And then there's additional things that you can add based on what your recording situation is like. Like me, with my sibilance, I, my S's are just terrible. I'll DS this so it's not as bad. <laughs> but yeah, it eventually it basically compresses at a certain frequency so that my S's aren't as bad. Do you run yours through and uh, through Audacity? I use Audition, but the reason I don't recommend Audition for people is because it costs money. Okay. I was wondering yeah. if you did so, a DSer. Oh, I don't know if I did when I sent mine to you, but you know what? I will this time. I didn't, I mean, I didn't, it didn't seem like it needed it. And that's one of the reasons that I went with the, with this microphone is because of the, uh, the filters and everything that are inside of it. It talks about not using a pop filter because it already has one built in. Well, you realize you're speaking off axis right now, right? A little bit. Yeah. Wh so I'm which, going which is, across which is, it. Right. Which is a technique to avoid uh, but, but plosives, like your P's, your B's, so that, because it's like creates a puff of air. Yeah, the harshness. Like, I, yeah, did, I so, did read about that. So, the, yeah, so they recommend speaking off access slightly past the mic, not directly into it, to avoid plosives. But I have a deplosive that I'll run too if a, if a host or me is like puffing air directly in the mic. The problem is anytime you run any effect like this, it degrades your overall audio quality. Audio quality. So you want to like keep it, get it as good as possible straight into the mic. That makes sense. Absolutely. So the reason, the only reason I've ever done an off-axis thing is because the, as far as watching people perform on podcasts, there's not a whole lot of things that are out there until now where YouTube is pretty popular to watch people do this. But... Uh, Colin Cowherd has been on ESPN and Fox Sports forever, and he's always had his way to the side. And he has a terrible lisp. But I have learned to watch him as far as he gets close when he's speaking softer, but he has never once spoken directly into the microphone. I was like, well, there's a reason he sounds good. And when he wants an inflection, he speaks louder, but a little further away, and but he never gets directly on. It's yeah, only the only that's called yeah mic technique, and it sounds like he has excellent mic technique. Most people don't have mic technique, even seasoned professionals. There's a reason he makes millions of dollars a year. He's like the top <laughs> paid. He's like the top paid sportscaster in the United States. Oh, okay, he deserves yeah, it. Yeah. He deserves yeah. it because he is the best, and because there's a reason he has a four hour show every single day on Fox Sports because he knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. Yeah, well, people get paid and they don't even know what they're doing, so. You know, you're right. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if Howard Stern came out today, if he would still be the king of media and do everything that he does now. Well, he's old now, man. He's not, he's not, he doesn't want to be like, I mean, he cranked it out for years. He grinded it out for years and he's <laughs> hilarious. And, you know, he was friends with Trump and he's still like, I like, you know, he critiques him now. Stern's great. And I love the movie Private Parts. Oh my and God. he's always funny every time I listen to him. And he's a, you know, he's a, a fucking phenomenal radio host. But, you he's, know, he's just old. Been doing yeah. it for a long time and he's rich as fuck. 
his true strength, I guess, does really lie in his ability to interview. It's the reason why Tom Brady went to him first when he went to Tampa Bay. And it makes sense. He just gets out good information. He's just better at it. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. I can't think of my feet like that. Otherwise, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, like, like I've never, I've listened to like one episode of Joe Rogan, but I was talking about on Reddit the other day, like, if Joe Rogan had pitched me his podcast before he created it, I would have been like, yeah, this will have like, I don't know, 10,000 people listening an episode just because you're Joe Rogan. But he created like the biggest podcast ever. It's, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard because he creates such different content every day. Like, is that, is that what's the What's so norm? good about it? I never really, I should probably listen to it more, but what's just, what's so good about Joe Rogan? Well, because he comes out with like three a week, every every episode is not going to be listened by the same audience. So, like, but I don't have time to listen to tons of content. Like when I first started listening to podcasts, I had one I listened to it was forty five minutes. My commute was only thirty, so he's I got, didn't listen to the whole a good thing title. even with one. So yeah, he's got a good title. So like, as soon as you see episode four thirty seven featuring someone that you like. All right, so I'm going to listen to that one. He gets big names. He gets big names, right? It doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah like I listened to the Bernie Sanders one just because like you got the guy right in the middle of a presidential campaign. So you got the guy. And then he did Getting, Elon Musk. Yeah, hard to get guests. That's huge. But that typically happens after you're already big. But maybe he was like always able to get like a bigger, a bigger and a bigger and a bigger guest. It did grow pretty organically. <laughs> like from where he was to where he is is not the same show. Right, and so he's just really good at interviewing people then. He used to be a lot better. What, it, it got worse? Significantly, because now, especially during the pandemic, he used to be a phenomenal interviewer because he would read a book based on the scientist or interesting person that he was about to interview, which led to a fascinating interview. Because if you know ways to lead and control the topics, it makes for a better interview because it's just great flow. Yeah, well, now, you know, he's got so much content to put out. And plus, one thing I'll say is once you've been doing it for a certain amount of time, man, it gets tedious. You know, it's a slog. Like, stuff you should know, the first podcast I ever listened to, they have over, like, 1,300 episodes. They've been doing it for, like, 10 years. First podcast to hit a billion downloads. They're real good at it. They've got it down to a science. But, I mean, come on. It's like you've been doing this for, like, 10 years. Like, it's got to be tedious, like, kind of tiring at this point. And that's where I think the Joe Rogan show is at. I think he just needs a break because the way everything's gone on and everything is so political now, everything has kind of bled together to be super opinionated. And I feel like he's almost tried to dumb down to his core, which has led to kind of a a flawed episode, which obviously episode 10, who the fuck am I to say it? But I've also been a listener of Joe Rogan for the past six years to the point now I know that I can't, I don't like to listen to his episodes because he's not who he was before. I don't know. He's also got a lot of the same guests on now who are not as intelligent as the cast he once had before, which has made Dude, three a week. Three a week is insane. This has been the On Call Podcast. I hope you guys had a good time listening from Tech Talk with Lowell. And if you have any ideas or questions,
questions, reach out to me at theoncallpod.com or um, hit me up on email, oncallpod at gmail.com. Hell, you can you can hit me up on Reddit at uh, Unicorn Cum Dump, exactly how it sounds. If you have any questions at all, I'll gladly help you with, <laughs> with anyone who's got a question on how to start a podcast or gear because I actually have five different microphones in my house from different brands, how they sound, uh, even on cables because I have five, four different brands of cables from Heil to Amazon Basics <laughs> to, oh, I can't see the other ones. But if you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm here for you. And uh, I'll forward the questions to Lowell because I don't need to blow his shit up. <laughs> Anything you want to add for uh, episode 10 of the On Call Pod? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Lebrilla, I think. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Yeah, you can hit me up too. I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. All right. This has been episode 10 of the On Call Pod. And feel free to... Hit me on up, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening to the On Call Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at On Call Pod. Interested in being a sponsor or want to be on the show? Drop us an email at oncallpod at gmail.com. For more info, go to oncallpod.com.